Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Captain, you in the last several weeks since the Porcupine Freedom Festival and Fork Fest, more specifically, have been promoting your new songs or the EP or extended play, as uh, it is referred to, yep. a three track album, quote unquote, even though there's not a physical platter that you're releasing. You did release the songs on a USB stick that's yeah. custom for, it's got your logo on it, the Captain Kickass logo. Uh, the first place you made it available was at Forkfest and Porkfest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year. You sold out. I did, yeah, and they were the custom ones. branded for Forkfest and Porkfest. Limited as well. in yep. Uh, number. Yep. And so the true fanatics were able to pick those up at that time. Since that time, the songs have gone online at CaptainKickass.com and all of the usual haunts for online music. Right? Spotify, Apple, et cetera, and so on. Mm-hmm. Deezer, I don't even know, Tidal. It's got the videos now. Where, so basically, wherever you listen to music online, if you search Captain Kickass, you're going to find the tracks from Eleutheromania? Yes. Okay. Correct. Um, there's a new development, though. Well, so today... A uh, big day for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of the music videos have dropped Ooh. officially. Okay. Having seen them already, I I know they are quite good. Thanks. I thought they were good. Uh, I put in so much hard work. I mean, uh, not just me, but other people I involved and or hired, depending on the video. Former co-host Vincent here on Free Talk Live uh, was one of your editors. Yes, and he did the video editing for the song called It's Time, which features mm-hmm. the actual... FBI raid footage <laughs> from here at this studio, the, the Free Talk Live studio. I hope more people can get use out of that because it is pretty wild footage. It, <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, it also features Porkfest. The Porcupine Freedom Festival. I, yeah. I loosely refer to them as something like the the New Hampshire Porcupine Liberty Chorus or something along those lines. I, yeah. I change it up every time I say it because I've not settled on anything. But um, like this was literally an idea that I had. At Porkfest, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, I think Brian Becker was involved. Uh, a couple other people at Porkfest were involved. Uh, and what we did is we asked those folks participating in the Porkfest picture every year on Saturday. The Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is the probably the world's most popular libertarian festival, certainly the most popular libertarian camping yeah. uh, event, uh, with well over two thousand attendees in the last few years each year. Uh, on Saturday, as many people as are willing, which is never the full amount. Right. It's you know several hundred usually, maybe up to a thousand. I think twenty twenty two, the official head count was like three thousand people. Right, but for how many the were attendees? In the picture? Uh, half that maybe. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe like a thousand or so yeah. in, in the picture. But at, at least hundreds of people come down to the main field, and it's sort of like a bowl. So like there's a there's kind of a semi hill that's that's going up, and people kind of stand on the hill in a large group, and they take a picture. So I asked those people participating uh, in the picture uh, if they would channel along, we will not comply mm-hmm. a few times. I brought some field recording equipment, yeah, expensive recording equipment, multi-track stuff, microphones, mm-hmm. stands, that kind of stuff. And then I also brought a handheld field recorder because I just wanted two sources in case something happened to the one. Good idea. Okay. And uh, so sure enough, every not everybody, but like, you know, a some whole Some people bunch, refused to comply. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> but a whole bunch of people complied with yeah. we will not comply, <laughs> or at least chanting that. And so mm-hmm. we were able to not only record the audio with the right. field recording equipment, 
and the handheld field recorder. But also we got several people to capture it either on their cell phones or on cameras. Okay. And then we also got the reason I mentioned Brian Becker is because he had a drone out there with a camera on it. Nice. And he captured some really kick-ass drone footage, pun intended, uh, you know, of this actual thing going on. And so uh, the song is called It's Time. And, uh, you know, the, the main line in it is you can't stop. You can't stop an idea whose time has come. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. at the end of it, it's of the video. It's the the drone footage and the camera footage of everybody going, we will not comply with repeatedly. And it's really cool. And yeah. like yeah. one of the reasons that I did that was because, well, we had the idea at Porkfest. And we were already there at Porkfest with Porkfest attendees and Porkfest people and, right. and that kind of a thing. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool as like sort of a, uh, you know, I don't know, just a, I don't know, a recruiting tool, an advertisement, something to help Porkfest promote itself. Mm-hmm. If I were to release a music video, you know, made at Porkfest by Porkfest people featuring yeah. everybody at Porkfest. Sounds cool to me. And and I've been advertising that uh, in all of the chats and all of the Porkfest stuff right. and all that kind of thing. So uh, I've been sort of anticipating today. And so the first thing I do when the video goes live is I drop a link to the video in the uh, Telegram Porkfest attendee chat. Uh-oh, spammer! <laughs> Immediately gets removed. <laughs> As being wow. off-topic. Unfortunately, it seems like what happens, and it's sad, but it's true, uh, it seems that what happens is when, even when, believe it or not, libertarians get a taste of power, they just go crazy with it and it is just so sad having seen as i said the rise and the fall and then the rise and the fall of the porcupine freedom festival um brief history here so it was very very popular in the early part of the last decade so like 2010 2011 2012 it was really started to really run up in popularity 2013 2014 big years over you know close to 2,000 people like 1500 1700 uh people were attending the event and then the people who were organizing it started to ban people from the event. And whether you agree or disagree for the reasons for the ban uh, or the, the various bans, that's one thing. And there might have been some good reasons in some cases. But they went so far with it as to uh, start checking people's cars at the gate and start checking people's, right. you know, not ID, but checking to see if they had a ticket to the event so they actually had security at the gate of the event and at one point when it was rumored and this was just trolling but it was rumored that christopher cantwell who had been banned from the event was going somebody to, smuggling him in right he was rumored <laughs> to be planning to give a speech at a certain campsite at a certain day and time yeah. and so the pork fest security clamped down and was literally popping people's trunks on the way into the campsite the wow. campground and and this is in addition to you know checking people's passes and and such, and it turned out to be a troll uh, thing because Cantwell was just on like a video feed or something, so he did quote appear at the campsite, but not in physical reality. And so that was one like really low moment for uh, for the Free State Project. And then of course later on they did some more things to upset people. For instance, the vendors. Uh, they kept on cranking up the rules that kept on being new rules to be a vendor at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah. If you wanted to locate in the sort of the prime real estate, which was what they call Agora Valley, I believe it is. It's like the first several rows of uh, of RV campsites before you get down to the main 
bowl uh, focused areas. So those are like the highest trafficked areas. That's where people want to be. And the Free State Project or the organizers, you know, they they figured this out relatively quickly. Oh, this is the hot spot. Let's charge them for it. And so not only did they charge people what ended up being, I believe, a few hundred bucks in addition to the cost of reserving the site with the campground, it also came with a list of rules that you had to follow. Oh, now, how neat. Now, of course, there's always good reasons, quote unquote, for rules like, you know, clean up your trash, that kind of thing. But it just kept getting longer and longer. And the list of benefits that you would get from locating there got fewer and smaller, fewer. Smaller. So it used to be like you'd get four or six passes along with your uh, reservation as a, as a vendor. And they whittled that down to like one or two. Wow. And it just kept on, the price kept going up, the benefits kept going down, the rules kept uh, kept increasing. And so what happened, it was either 2018 or 2019, the vendors got together and they said, screw this. We're not going to, this is, we're tired of this. We're mm-hmm. just going to go ahead and go outside of the designated vending area. Yep. And they set up a whole row, like one or two rows of RV sites that they reserved on their own, and they just moved their whole operations from what was the sort of main hotspot for vending to this place that wasn't the hotspot, but they made it the hotspot by all of them going there together as sort of like a mass protest that year. Well, what what we really need for this is we need some kind of organization that will check from site to site to make sure you're not vending without paying extra money. Well, that thankfully didn't happen as a result of this. The Don't free give s- many ideas. The Free State <laughs> Project actually... It's not my idea. This is what the United States federal government does now. Sure. And the, this was a reaction to Porkfest becoming like a government, like creating all these rules, having this tax, essentially, that you had to pay. And so they protested it by operating outside of the official area, and it was a tremendous success. Everybody went there. In fact, there were like maybe three or four businesses that had located in the official area because they hadn't gotten the memo or whatever from the other people they just weren't connected with the community and so they didn't know and as soon as they set up and they looked around like where is everybody and they figured it out they went to rogers and said can we move our site over here and they you know they got to to move out and that whole area which was the designated hot spot was completely empty uh-huh. for an entire week it was amazing <laughs> to watch it happen and the port- and this is the, this is what should happen when you are rent seeking so due to some poor decision making by centralized bureaucracy, namely the people organizing the Porcupine Freedom Festival mm-hmm. over the years, they started to see uh, attendance dropping Yes, in, uh, after like 2016 or so. And that was at the same time that ForkFest was started as an alternative yep. for people that were tired of all the rules and tired of all the security and tired of all the, the crackdowns on the vendors and you know, all the stuff that was going on. That was driving people away, and ForkFest.Party is the website for ForkFest. It's a decentralized alternative to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. still exists today. It's happening before. Underrated festival, in my opinion. Yeah, it's happening uh, also underattended, sadly, Uh, but it's happening before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. That may change in 2024, because there's some talk now about... You know, moving Body Freedom Village to ForkFest and other people might be upset by what just happened to you, uh, Captain, because it doesn't seem like the organizers of the Porcupine Freedom Festival at this point care about Body Freedom Village. So I, I was talking about sort of the ups and the downs. And so what brought ForkFest back from its decline was the vendors protested and right. they said, We're, we've had it with these vendor fees. We're just going to go outside of the vendor area. See you later. And so ForkFest got the message on that one because 
it cost them. Right. Like they had a this incredibly popular vendor area that was sold out year after year after year. It went from being sold out to being completely empty. And so they got that one through their heads and they said, hmm, maybe we should change how we do this vendor area thing. And yeah. and they did. And, and they decentralized. They right? decentralized, yeah. and it happened in 2020, yep. uh, which was, of course, the year of COVID. There weren't many libertarian any events at all anywhere happening, but Porkfest did happen, and that was the year that really kind of shifted things, where they were no longer uh, what the, the thing they used to do was they would like book the whole site, the whole campground, yep, and then they would sort of resell the campground out, sure. if I recall correctly. That's kind of how it worked. You had to basically have a Porkfest ticket in order to reserve a site. In 2020, it was open season. Anybody who wanted to come camp at Rogers Campground could just reserve a site straight from Rogers Campground. You didn't have to have a ticket or anything like that. And the Porcupine Freedom Festival sort of retracted its footprint on the campground from the entire thing down to the pavilion and the bowl area. Right. Great. Yeah. All we need is another global pandemic hoax. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, and we just need, Fest will return. Yeah, we yeah. just need everyone on Earth locked in their homes again, and then we can have freedom here. It was a lot, um, you know, a lot of people said this is the way it should be. They're not micromanaging people anymore. They're not micromanaging who's camping where or who's setting up and vending. Yeah. They're letting the market decide, yeah. right? Whoever calls in Rogers gets the campsite first. Whoever's there first gets the site first. And, you know, that's it. Simple. The way it should be. Uh, it seemed like it was going in a good direction. Unfortunately, the next year, apparently, they reversed uh, course and they went back to the old ways of requiring Porkfest tickets. And the excuse for this is, quote unquote, theft of services. So the organizers were upset because somebody somewhere, I don't know how many of these somebodies, yeah. I don't think it was more than a handful of yeah. them. But somebody somewhere registered with Rogers Campground, got a campsite, and hung out for a week without buying the Porkfest ticket. Oh, no. Yeah. Somebody ought to tell them there are these things called seasonals. Yes. And these seasonals, well, they didn't buy tickets at all. No, they did not. And they don't get accused of, quote, unquote, theft of services. And what were the supposed services that were being thieved well we uh, brought people around it was that oh you got to use the porta potties we brought in so therefore you know <laughs> <laughs> i think that this didn't it. matter to the seasonal yeah. campgrounds because that's the thing it's like just because you're on the campground doesn't mean you give a you know rats behind about what's happening at the pork fest pavilion yeah what if the commonly accepted norm was to be naked Mm-hmm. And Porkfest decided that, well, if you want to wear clothing, you're going to be sequestered, right. if you will, to the northwest corner of the lot. While everybody else is running around being naked, if you're clothed, you're going to be up here. Right. And you can only wear clothes, or if you're going to come down and use the well, porta potties, you've well, got to be naked. What if a child saw you clothed? Mm-hmm. I mean, they might develop all sorts of complexes and sexual fetishes of clothing. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I, I get this from... No, I don't get it from... One of my favorite uses of this sort of... They uh, might start worshipping genitals! <laughs> right. One of my favorite uh, 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 television uh, you know, examples of this is uh, the Battlestar Galactica reboot. 
So in our society, uh, the most commonly referred to religions are uh, that of Christianity and of one specific deity. Sure. And in fact, most of the religions are monotheistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Battlestar Galactica, the most commonly accepted religion was poly. polytheists. Mm-hmm. And it was all about, you know, basically the uh, the Zodiac gods, right? And that was there. And so here comes these crazy people with this idea that there's only one God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're the outcasts. They're the, the, the oppressed. They're the downtrodden. They're the ridiculed, right? And that kind of a thing. And I love that about that show because it, it's a yeah, juxtaposition. It's a and it, if that doesn't make you think, I don't know what will. But this is something that everybody involved in the freedom movement needs to contemplate put yourself in the other person's shoes what if your belief system was the one being targeted what if the other person doesn't have shoes that's the problem sorry (laughs) i I couldn't help myself well, they don't have well, to. Hold on. So the the fact that they have to erect a, a barrier between them is completely new information to me. Oh yeah. And okay. Well, so here's the thing: you will wear clothes. Now, if you don't feel like wearing them on your body, you can wear them several feet away, as long as you're still wearing them. As long as there's a barrier between my eyes and mm-hmm. your body, you can wear your clothes over here instead of on your body, but you will wear them. Yeah, it's pretty disturbing. So there's been a conversation that's been going on for the past few days. Uh, Jeff Eunice is the uh, organizer of the Body Freedom Village. He's yeah. a really, really nice guy. A, a gay guy moved from San Francisco. And, of course, you know, gay guys throw the best parties. So he's really great. They do. That. I'm not even gay. But, oh, my God, man. I have some of the best parties I've ever been to. <laughs> been thrown by uh, I would like to give Body Freedom Village a shout out yeah. because of what they did at Pork Fest this year. Mm-hmm. With the little flags. Yeah. So there's yeah. some controversy going and on. yard signs, too. And the yard yeah. signs, yeah. And so they decided voluntarily to have these things printed up and go around to each site individually, introduce mm-hmm. themselves, and be like, hey, uh, are, are, are you with us or against us, you mm-hmm. know, with our thing? And, you know, if so, can we put one of these flags or these yard signs at your site? And everybody who said, yes, we're with you and you can, yep. they did. And so you knew Exactly. Which sites were friendly to, I thought that was really to cool. the body, body free and free talk live site was one of them. Yep, yep. And I thought like I didn't even know that this all had happened until I saw the little flag. Yep. And I asked somebody, I'm like, what the heck is this BFV flag? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's then they explained what I just explained. I'm like, that's exactly how pork fest is supposed to work. But unfortunately, the power just seems to affect libertarians just like it does everybody else. Surprise, surprise. And that's an important point that. We're not special when it comes to this. We're human mm-hmm. beings, and every human being is corrupted by power. The it's more power you give them, the worse the person gets, yeah. and that's just how life works, which yeah. is why we're trying to distribute power evenly in the first place. And It, we, it takes a hell of a person to be able to be tolerant, fair, and logical in the face of having power. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it's rarely like I've even been put into positions of power and been like, oh, yeah, well, ha, 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 mm-hmm. right. You know, like at management jobs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like like you find yourself checking yourself. You're like, I can't believe I did that. Right. So, I mean, I'm human. I'm I'm fallible. You know, this is one of the reasons why uh, Forkfest was created was because of the power that uh, people have over the Porcupine Freedom Festival and the decisions that they make. 
and they're always controversial because there's always one group yeah. that wants one thing and another group that wants another thing. It's like at Forkfest, the idea is there is no one who's in charge of the event. We yeah. saw what the problem was. We were able to see clearly the problem with the Porcupine Freedom Festival is the centralization, is the power. And which we're not talking about a lot of power here. We're just talking about running a damn festival, but it's something. Yep. And people will glom onto that in a way that will surprise you. So Forkfest was formed for this alternative uh, event that you know we don't even have an official date for because there's no board of directors to choose an official date or anything like that. It's just sort of like a consensus of people says, this is what we're going to do in the coming well, year. I'm Forkfesting the three days before Porcupine Freedom Festival this year. Yeah, um, we're promoting it as Thursday through Sunday. Right. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sorry, four um, days before. Right, that's yeah. what we're promoting. But yep. if you want to do three, you do three. Some people are saying they're showing up at the beginning of the week. They're going to do a full six or seven days Sweet. or whatever, which I think is fantastic. I, I'm actually more motivated now uh, to make Forkfest uh, you know, as much of a festival as possible. I know there have been some chats going on about, mm-hmm. hey, what what can we do? Like, I, I, I'm not sure I have some ideas uh, you know, I'll, I'll get a hold of some people, but like, I mean, I'm more motivated now. I did my my pre-release show on the Sunday of mm-hmm. Forkfest, the last day year, of, of Forkfest, yeah. specifically because, well, I didn't want to do it on Saturday because we had the wedding going on, yeah, right, and also I wanted to make Forkfest as much of a festival as possible, yeah, knowing that there were very few uh, official musical acts. Uh, you know, going on during yeah. the Porcupine Freedom Festival, I thought I would do mine uh, on the Sunday of Forkfest to give Forkfest just that much more oomph and make it more of a festival. And I'm now more inclined. Like I was planning on maybe getting some musicians from Seattle to mm-hmm. fly in, Whoa. you know, that kind of a thing. Maybe put on a real thing, see if I could get into the pavilion one mm-hmm. day or something like that. Because I've got a whole kick-ass sound system that mm-hmm. I could deploy. Uh, there's some things that I need to get, but like they're minor things. But I'm more inclined now to do it during Forkfest because yeah. I don't have to navigate the bureaucracy. Right. Uh, I mean, our friends Matt and Nikki, they got married at Forkfest this year. Yep. But they tried to get married at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and they were declined. How do you decline that? I don't, I don't How do you know. decline a, a, a freedom power couple yeah. getting married at the largest freedom festival or camping festival? So it's just these, I mean, these errors that these organizers have been making and just blatant. Did you know they took credit for it too? Yeah, later on. Yeah. After the fact, they were, they were sharing photos yeah. of it and acting like. like look what happened yeah. at our festival. No, it didn't no, happen, it didn't at, happen your at your festival. It happened the weekend before at Forkfest. So that was the idea behind Forkfest was let's have a time at the same campground either before or after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, where people who don't want to have to deal with tickets and bureaucracy and asking for permission from the the Porkfest organizers or whatever the rules are that they're going to implement that year can just come and hang out. And that's what was created. Um, And I think what happened with Forkfest was it's always been a small event. There have been years where, like this year during the wedding, there's like 100 plus, 150 people that came that wouldn't have otherwise been there. So that definitely brought some things up. That happened also the same year of Jay Noon's wedding, which also happened at Forkfest several years ago. And again, that brought in a lot of people. Um, And I think what happened was it changed sort of time frames. It was happening before the Porcupine Freedom Mm -hmm. Festival for like three years and then after the Porcupine Freedom Festival for three years. And now it's back to before because people are trying different things and seeing what works and and what doesn't. And it's just it seemed like what happened was Porkfest sort of got whipped up into shape after a few years of of Forkfest happening. Mm -hmm. And so 
competition, increasing yes. services, yes. and decreasing prices? What a it shock. Did that. It did that. It's almost as if, like... A, a, a market that mm-hmm. was, I don't know, free was like a good idea, man. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. The Forkfest provided much-needed competition to the yeah. Porcupine Freedom Festival. It wasn't a lot of competition, but it was enough to where I think some of the organizers were a little irked by it. Shag, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, a few things. Um, first of all, I agree with Captain. Um, the sphere of nudity definitely results from years and years of indoctrination, of being brought up, you know, by a family or by a society that shuns it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, we're all naked underneath our clothes. And I agree with you, Ian, you say a lot, like, a naked person is not inherently sexual. So that is absolutely the truth. And And I do think that at Pork Fest, I've been several times, I do think there's this, they're trying to, sort of toe this line between like true freedom, like true liberty and family friendliness. So there's like this weird dance they're trying to pull. Like, all right, we have to have it be family friendly, but also we have to allow for people to be truly free. And so there's this weird thing they're trying to strike. And I see, I I don't think this is a dichotomous situation to me. Porkfest is a completely family friendly event. As long as your family isn't up, Tight and conservative, okay? As long as you're okay with other people being the way they want to be, there's no danger to your family at this event. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I I did get the sense uh, this this past Forkfest that I I feel like there's going to be more of a splintering. I think Forkfest is probably going to gain more sort of uh, attention and popularity. It just seems like I've talked to, you know, I talked to a number of people this past Porkfest that feel like it's just a little too tame and they feel like they're being watched Mm -hmm. and there's no aggression. There's no aggression being, you know, displayed, but people just, a lot of people seem to feel like, uh, like they just weren't comfortable being themselves Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And, uh. Wow, you know, as long as as long as people adhere to the non-aggression principle, like no harm, no foul, and well, you see that I want to just touch on that for a moment here because yeah. that's not good enough, okay, for a society. The non-aggression principle is the bare minimum accepted behavior of human beings, and that is to say, you do not aggress against your neighbors. That's all it is, right? Like you don't threaten people over whatever it is that they're doing. But the people who are behind this new restriction against the naked attendees at Porkfest, they will say, oh, well, we're being libertarian and we're not violating the non-aggression principle. I mean, this is a private event. We can have whatever rules we want, a private event. And they are right, right about that, which is why, right. again, another example of how we've said for years on Free Talk Live, you have to have more than non-aggression to have a good, healthy society. You right. have to be, and you touched on this earlier, Captain, you have to be allowing and tolerant of other mm-hmm. people, because if you are not, then it's just going to be this sort of cycle where if you are nasty towards others, towards you know what they're doing and how they're choosing to live their lives, that's going to engender negative feelings towards you and the way that you decide to live your life. And before you know it, laws are getting passed and rules are getting uh, promulgated, and now you don't have freedom anymore. I mean, that's just the reality of it. It comes back at you. Yep. Yep. I couldn't agree anymore. It's it's, uh, tolerance is really at the root of 
a healthy relationship with other people. Well, I mean, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna be the odd man out on this conversation. Then I disagree. Okay. No, I think that I think the tolerance is uh, is completely unnecessary. Uh, what we need is the people who cannot tolerate a given thing mm-hmm. need to be in a different place from the thing that they cannot tolerate. And it's really as simple as that. So, like, if, for example, you consider uh, prostitution Mm -hmm. to be just an abominable act and uh, fundamentally degrading of something that is pure and holy and good and righteous, then great. Go over here where you can be with other people who also believe that or something similar and leave the people over here alone. So that's not really being tolerant. That's yeah, that's self segregating from what you prefer and yep. what they prefer. Well, it is being tolerant in one respect, though, that they aren't actively trying to, to stop them, stop them yeah. from doing their thing. They're just saying they're doing a thing. I don't over like there. it. I'm going to go over yeah. here where the things that I like are. Right, but that's so just they the are moment. they are tolerating their decisions to. They're not mounting live. an attack. Right. Well, they're, they're, they're not. Right. They're not tolerating it in their presence. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. You know what this reminds me of? Native American Indian reservations. Hmm, okay. That's All what right. this reminds me of. It's like, oh, we've taken over this thing. Uh, we don't like the indigenous people that are here just sort of having their way and you know, roaming about Earth as if as if it's not owned by man. And so we're going to take them and put them on a little reservation over here so we can control the rest of it. Yep. And they have a lot of rules, too. The Bureau of Indian Affairs and welfare. And that's a whole other story. But, Maybe yeah. the Body Freedom Village people should start a casino. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was gambling here and there throughout the Porcupine Freedom Festival, as I understand it. I, I, and, I'm not aware of any. And it is certainly possible to create an event that is a big draw, even to a remote area of the park. Sure. That is a possibility. If they threw an epic party or something like that, it may indeed draw people. However, out of sight is out of mind, and that's a reality for things, okay? And yep. these people are going to be completely out of sight. I mean, they used to be out on the outskirts, but not this far out on the outskirts. And they did that on their own volition so as to not step on you know, as many toes. But now they're being put in a place where if they were to throw a party, it would upset the neighbors because the neighbors are the regulars at the park. These are people who are there. They exist during the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but they're not there for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We have no idea what the belief systems of the park regulars are, and they will be the ones located right next door to what might be Body Freedom Village in 2024. So, there's no way Body Freedom Village is going to throw some epic Buzz's Big Gay Dance Party or something like that. And I refer to something that happened for six years in the, the original sort of come up of the Porcupine yeah. Freedom Festival that we were describing earlier on its on its initial rise yep. into popularity. Buzz's Big Gay Dance Party was one of the biggest attractions, one of the most popular, if not the most popular event that happened at the Porcupine Freedom Festival for six years. Uh, and 
it had its own controversy, right? They had to have it in its own tent. You had to be an, an adult uh, to go into the tent because the conservative types that attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival were upset that there was a quote-unquote big gay dance party going on. But nonetheless, it went on. It went on in the heart of the event, and it was very, very, very popular. It got news articles were written about it, and it attracted, uh, I think, some people to to the event that otherwise might not have heard about it in, yeah. in, in a good way. You cannot throw that event right next door to the park park regulars. They do not want you throwing a loud party uh, at nighttime outside of their unless, residence. Unless those specific neighbors are brought into it and are supportive of it. Yeah, good like, luck with good that. Good luck with that. I, I, I like. I mean, that's virtually impossible. But I, you know, there is a there's possibility. a reason why the noise area. So if you look at the park map yeah. from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, there's like a late night party area. Sure. It is as far away from the park regulars yeah. as any area can possibly be. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also down the hill. And there's a reason for that. That's because. Certain people who are park regulars are the most likely to complain about noise. They aren't there for a party. They're there for the whole summer. So this year, you can be naked. You can party. Mm -hmm. You just can't be naked and party. This year meaning 2024, the uh, the upcoming event. So, I mean, that is going to kill the fun zone that was the Body Freedom Village. And then, of course, also putting up a wall is going to kill it as well. So, again, it comes back to this question of... You know, what do these guys do? Do they deal with the rules? And some of them are saying, well, it's at least they didn't ban us from the event. Uh, we'll try to have the best time we can have. It's and- only going to go so far. I mean, if if you allow, allow, I hate that word. If, if the BFV people sort of allow this, I don't even know what to call it, segregation, this mm-hmm. oppression, for lack of a better term, yeah. uh, to happen, that just means that once they get away with it once or twice, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. No toplessness right? coming they're, next. They're I guarantee gonna, they're going to clamp down on something else next yeah. year, right? These these uh, supposed complainers, these anonymous people of which we have no data, right? Not even a number Nothing. of people. They won't say anything about. Right? Like, I mean, this could all be a farce for all we know. They they right. want, Porkfest wants all of the attendees, when you reserve a site, to provide the names of everybody to be on that site. Wow. Yeah. Now, there's, Micromanagement. As near as I can tell, there's some like, you know, if you buy a site and you're like, I'm going to have six people here, I don't know who they are yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Right? There's some like, you know, some you just put room. your name down six times or mm-hmm. something. I don't I don't know how that works because I haven't done it, but there's right. some of that going around. Um, I don't know like how tolerant they're going to be within that. And like what happens if you buy a site and then you, you know, you can't make it and you want to like sublease it to somebody else mm-hmm. who can use it or whatever. And they have one more person than you do. How does that work? How does like none of this is supposed to happen. It's supposed to be you uh, follow the the rules of the festival and the campground. Yep. And then within that, everything else is fair game. You're on Free Talk Live caller. What's your name? Stefan. Stefan uh, calling from where? Georgia. And you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, so I actually had a question that doesn't necessarily pertain to um, Pork Fest, but sure. rather wanted a libertarian perspective on a uh, recent election that happened in Ohio. Okay. So they recently had an election where Ohio is one of the states that has a ballot initiative, but what makes it unique is it's one of very few states where a ballot initiative is able to amend the state constitution. And recently, there was an initiative to increase the threshold for a ballot initiative to pass 
from right. the standard 50% plus one to 60%. And I was curious as to what you guys thought about initiatives, constitutional amendments, things like that. Well, this sounds just another form of making sure that the people don't wield power. Hmm. This just seems like another, uh, I mean, every time that the people get any modicum of their own say in how their lives are run, they change something to make sure that that can never, ever happen again. Every time that someone gets elected to a major position that isn't part of the two-party monopoly, then Hmm. they make sure that that, that however that happened, the rules are changed so that that can never happen again will make it this much harder. Is that what's really going on here, though? I mean, because the argument for uh, for this increase is we're talking about changing the Constitution. This isn't just passing, you know, marijuana uh, initiative or something like that to make a new law. That can be one of the things. Well, it, it could be, but it would modify the Constitution itself. So this is a fairly big deal, right? Like in order to do a constitutional convention, you have to, at, the, at least at the national level, you have to have three quarters of the states signing on to that. Shouldn't there be a higher bar than just 50 votes or 50 percent plus one in order to change the Constitution? Here in New Hampshire, it's two thirds well, in order to do that. Well, it's a it's a trade off, right? So what you're gaining in uh, instability, you're losing in flexibility. Mm-hmm. So to my mind, look, the fact that it's this easy means that it's this easy again. So if you make a change to the Constitution and you find that you don't like it, then you can change it just as easily as you changed it. Now, one of the differences, though, is anything that, say, for, you know, last year or the year before or what have you, that changed in the Constitution, any any changes that have been made already, now those are locked in. So now those, instead of having the same bar that it took to change them, you have a higher bar to remake them. If we actually had what you were talking about, the idea of, okay, liberal people, you move to California and you move to Colorado Mm -hmm. and you move to Massachusetts, New York State, and conservative people, you move to Texas, you move to Florida, you move to South Dakota, whatever, you know, and then you just have your conservative and liberal states and go to town. Would the conservatives then say, Oh, we just can't allow those people over there to be doing that abortion thing. We're going to build an army and we're going to invade because we care about human life so much. We're going to destroy thousands of our teenagers lives to go and stop abortion. I mean, would that really happen? Like, I'm I'm kind of torn here because on on one hand, I don't like the notion of if you don't like it, leave. Right. Mm -hmm. Because this just sounds like, you know, the statist rhetoric. You know, when when you start, you know, throwing arguments at them and their brain, their cognitive dissonance kicks in. And, ah, well, I don't hold, know what on, to say, hold on, hold so on, hold on. So I'm going to tell you to leave the United States or whatever, so, right? Well, hold on. But, hang on, let me finish All my right. statement, right? So, so on one hand, I don't like the phrase. On the other hand, I've already moved to New Hampshire mm-hmm. to be around more like-minded people. So how do I reconcile those two concepts? Well, Every time that I hear that argument uh, in the in the context that you're describing, it's always over something that like, for example, taxes. Right. Do you know where I can go that I won't be taxed? Nowhere. Nowhere. Correct. Nowhere on the face of the earth can I go that I won't be taxed. So that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about abortion. 
And look, obviously, this is a question. There are reasonable arguments on both sides of this, and there are places available to anyone who wants either more abortion or less abortion. Yeah. You can go. Well, to, I can't go anywhere where I can get less statism to, than this. Right. Uh, to me, it's it's a cultural thing. What, what you guys are talking about is people organizing according to, we'll say, philosophical or cultural beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right. And thanks to the internet for the first time it's possible to do so right right not even for the and the internet i mean the mormons did this successfully in the 1800s okay it's more possible it's easier than now it than ever, ever has yeah. it's more easy to identify yeah. you can find your tribe you, you might, yes yeah. and you yeah. and by find your tribe like you can pick your family there's all these people who mm-hmm. like have and like it's been like this thing that like families have there oh family's blood is thicker than one. it's like no if your no, family sucks, just strangers you're born you, you into don't, yeah you don't have to like be around them you know you, you yeah. might have to be like yeah that's my family you, you might have no to obligation whatever, but you have people. no obligation to yeah. do anything so like you can go and find a family that mm-hmm. loves you and appreciates you for you and who you are and your beliefs and and your you cultural. can and you should and if you don't because of some misguided belief that you owe something to these randos that you've essentially been born into it's your own fault for making yourself you know being staying in a miserable place i saw one of these uh you know viral videos of some lady living in san francisco complaining about how scary it is to just walk around the streets of san francisco these days right it's not like it was 40 years ago you know it's dangerous uh for people now and i'm just like why are you still there yeah why why are you staying in a place that you're afraid to leave your house you have the ability to go anywhere now in a lot of careers. Like you don't have to actually stay in a place just because of a job. And so people are more mobile now than they've ever been. You have fewer excuses than ever <laughs> the, to stay still. The irony is most of the time when I encounter a person who who uh, has, I'm going to call it a legitimate excuse to not leave, it's because of the state. Right. It's because, oh, I'm locked into child support and, you know, Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, I, I, you know, whatever. It's some state based reason that that they can't actually leave. You know, oh, my mom's here and she's in a hospice and it's already paid for. So I got to be, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, Those are like to me, like the most we'll call them valid excuses to not leave. But outside of that, like, yes, the majority of people can absolutely leave their circumstance. Uh, and why they don't, I don't know. I the, can't tell the you The fact that people do not understand what I termed earlier as the art of allowing, the uh, the ability to simply allow others to choose yeah. wrong, in so, as you may believe, yeah. make it a wrong choice, but to let them experience the consequences of their actions right. and just allow that to happen is, the, is one of the reasons why getting the idea of secession out there is so hard to do. Because there are the people, it's not just the conservatives, it's also the liberals, they cannot let go of the idea of letting go of the federal government because that to them is their means of controlling the other. Dana is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live listening to WTKG in Grand Rapids. Go ahead, Dana. So um, the Stephen that just called before the break, he was saying that the Republicans put this initiative on the Ohio ballot to get 60 percent. And just to clarify, I just want to for people just tuning in here. 
What happened in Ohio, according to Stephen or Stephen, uh, and I had also heard this in the news, was there was a ballot measure that would have changed the Constitution to require such ballot measures that could change the Constitution to have to hit 60% instead of 50% plus one. Uh, and so that's what the proposal was. It apparently went down in flames. The people of Ohio said, no, we do. We want to keep it 50 percent. Uh, and so they're keeping it 50 uh, percent. So just real quick, though, wouldn't it have been the most hypocritical thing in the world if they got 51 percent on that measure and then changed the Constitution? <laughs> yeah, that would be awful. Yeah. Good just point. sad. Sorry, Dana. Well, that's OK. Well, Peakless, that's called irony. So it would have been funny, actually. So anyway, um. Stephen said that um, he said that the Republicans were saying, and I'm not a Republican, but that they were saying, um, uh, oh, a bunch of trans stuff is going to be put on a ballot measure in the fall, blah, blah, blah. That's not what they were saying. And he also said they were calling evil, uh, the liberals, evil liberals out of state money. The facts are the facts, Stephen. The money was coming. Excuse me, pardon me, guys. The money was, in fact, coming from out of state. It wasn't from in-state, although there was in-state leftist money. The majority was coming from out of state. Just to clarify, the money to do what? To um, push against the ballot, the 60%. Because the fact of the matter is, so here's the thing. So for all of those, I only want the stupid people to listen to this. So when the Supreme Court... Oh, I'm sorry. Our audience doesn't have any of those stupid people. You have to be of a certain level of intelligence to listen to Free Talk Live. Okay. Okay, if you say so. Anyway, because so many people are misstating what happened, the Supreme Court did not overturn Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court sent it back to the state. The state of Ohio is red. So what the left is doing, uh, primarily, this is all coming from Emily's list, the money and big donors to them, Emily's List, NARAL, and um, Planned Parenthood, and their sole business is murdering. Okay, hold on. Slow down a second here. Are you saying that you think the people of Red Ohio were fooled by leftist money into voting uh, voting against this particular ballot initiative? Well, what I'm saying is not that they were fooled, but they were lied to because on the left, um, they, they, what they're doing is because of the Supreme Court's decision to send it back to the states. And you're correcting. Well, if you believe a Ohio, lie, doesn't okay, that mean you've been this. fooled? So, well, yes, I guess so. So okay. uh, let's not get hung up on semantics. I well, no, I, I think this is. So, I, look, I just want to clarify okay. here, uh, okay. Dana, that this. This isn't a hard issue to understand, right? Like this, so it me, would seem to me finish. that the people of Ohio made a pretty clear decision. It was a majority because of them, a solid majority that said, no, we don't want to increase the the amount. I mean, this isn't a difficult or complex issue. How could they have been, you know, flummoxed about because, this? Because the left, and I've seen the paraphernalia, I haven't. I'm in possession of this stuff. So anyway, um, because they're saying that um, you are going to get uh, abortions completely taken away from the state of Ohio, and they're telling them things like a miscarriage is considered an abortion on the right, and so is a tubular pregnancy. Nobody on the right believes that. Absolutely not. 
He's Ricky in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Oh, hello, brother. Oh, sorry. I'm Go taking ahead. his thunder. <laughs> Go ahead, Ricky. <laughs> brother Thank Captain, Pinkless Mountaineer. And Pinkless Mountaineer. Good evening. Sounds no like he doubt. says Pinkless Mountaineer. <laughs> What's on your mind, Pinkless Ricky? Mountaineer. No doubt. My luck sucks. I follow <laughs> Stefan from Ohio, who's from Georgia, who's trying not to be a statist. Stefan from then Ohio, who's from Georgia. <laughs> He's he called from Georgia too. tonight. He's talking about Ohio, too. But then you got Dana, who says she's not a Republican, Republican but you could have fooled me. Mm, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I want, you is. know what? I wanted to ask her, Ricky, and then we just went on somewhere else. But I bet you she would say if if we asked, she'd be some even more hardcore right wing, like a Constitution Party person, like somebody mm. even more. Well, right. Hold on. Hold on. So the, the, whether or not that's further to the right, it's definitely a more libertarian party than the uh, Republicans. Depends on the issue. I don't know. I mean, you could make that argument. I'm making it right now. Not I will, on the I war will on absolutely drugs. argue that the constitutional. Well, okay, they are minarchists. They, like they, no they actually argue for following the original people. constitution, which was a bare bones government. Now, I, I I see the obvious flaw in that that it will grow into a big old super empire like we've got here. Mm-hmm. But it is the desire to move in a libertarian direction from where we're at now. Yeah, Depends well, on the issue. But well, I get anyways, yeah, no doubt. She's no constitutionalist, I'll tell you that. Definitely not. Well, what were you anyway, calling about tonight? Well, something much very interesting. I'm sure Dana will find it very fascinating. I did. You know, I was thinking back with recent events. I'm going to get into that. And I was during the sec- latter part of second term of Obama, and I forget the reason why. But they made a big deal of it, and I thought at the time it was very important. Now, Obama came out the American people, and he pointed out how it's not illegal to lie. Now, I further on understood that it's constitutional. Now, he further on went to say, hey, now that lie, now that, that itself is not a crime, but if you do an associated crime with it, that can be used to prosecute you and ultimately convict you. Now, I got the surprise of my life last week. Jack Smith surprised the hell out of me. Donald Trump got indicted. Now, this Jack is Smith really is the uh, is the prosecutor in that case, right? Okay. From the from the DOJ. Now he surprised me. I didn't see this one coming. It's fascinating because yes, Donald Trump and anybody that's followed this throughout, and I have. Now we did two audits here, thanks to Scott Perry. Now everybody does an automatic audit a couple weeks after the election. Well, we thanks to Representative Scott Perry, we did two. Arizona did four, by the way. Now, did that matter? No, because it showed one thing. Joe Biden won the election. That's just a fact of life. And okay. oddly enough, by the same, Donald Trump got the same exact electoral votes that Biden got. And that doesn't surprise me because social demographic didn't change. But here's what did surprise me. Now, in this indictment, first thing, what Jack Smith didn't do is he didn't put charges against people like Sidney Powell, his one-time crazy lawyer. John Eastman, who was one-time his lawyer, also once known as a constitutional. Well, who did get charged? Was it just Trump? Only Donald Trump. Oh, by the way, Rudy Giuliani was named in the conspiracy. Now, here's the thing. What's fascinating is he can't get out of this because, yes, his lie was protected under freedom of speech. What lie? lie? The lie that the election was rigged, and Fox, by the way, embraced and settled. Well, what makes you think he can't get out of it, then, if it's protected free speech? Because here's the problem. It was a lie, and he knew it. Now, people close to him 
have said and are probably going to end up testifying. How would he know that that's a lie? I mean, there was a lot of uh, questions about the election's integrity, and it's definitely possible that he believed that there was some shenanigans going on. Well, people can believe whatever they want, but I know one thing. uh, Well, hold on. If you say something that is not true, but you believe that it is, you are not by definition lying. You have to have... That's that's where they're going with this, Ian, Mm because the only defense they have, this is what's scary, is that Donald Trump himself, regardless of any facts or anything else presented to him, believed that he won. Now, that's going to go, not an insanity plea, but it would go under (laughs) temporary insanity. No, they're not going to claim insanity. Yeah, they're not going to claim insanity, and no. it wouldn't be an well, insane no, that's thing what either. Supposedly, his lawyers are saying. Well, but who knows what, what they're doing, actually though. saying? Well, I don't think they're going to either, because what's now they're doing is he's doing things like trying to run out the clock, trying to ro- run roadblocks. I don't think you he's can't run be out the clock on these people. That doesn't work. I, no, I just no, don't. They're going to yeah. just keep doing the same thing. I, they're going to keep coming at him. Major Payne on the line in Michigan. You're on Bata. Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, and I just had some, as the captain would say, technicalties with my phone. I had to pull the battery right out of the thing. Oh, okay. But cool. when I try to call in to the live talk show, yes, sir. a lot of times I got a call, and it'll just keep ringing, and then I call a different number. Yeah. I don't know I what it is with your phone, man, but I never have these problems. So uh, let's get to the point no, of your call. I, I, this is what you get for having no, a flip just, phone, I guess. I just, could, could be Ebcat. I just got a new phone, for that matter. I okay. did just get a new phone. I don't know what it is, man. I never had Ebcat. never had this problem. But, uh, between keyboard and show. Go ahead with your call. Mm. What were you calling about tonight? So anyway, um, Ricky was talking about the election hijacking and all that, and I just want everybody to remember that's got common sense. Donald Trump got more votes than any president in history. And then Joe Biden, who spent the whole election in the basement cowering, somehow or another outvoted him. And there were shenanigans in at least 11 states where there was lawsuits filed and the suits were found to not have standing. Mm-hmm. And it was just a big bag of horse feathers. Yeah. No, I mean, there's. I think there's always been legitimate questions about election integrity for many, many years. I mean, this it's going to continue, and i got to agree with the captain on this. It's all a giant distraction because the idea that if Trump had won a second term in 2020, the idea that things would be significantly different today is absolutely ludicrous. It's pure fantasy. The Trump- but the good people in the military would have totally changed things. Q told us so. Yeah, well, I he said know. a lot of things that weren't that proved as to be not true. As determined as he is to get back in and all the hell that they've put him through for the last forever since he got there, mm-hmm. um, I actually think he's, I mean, because he's only got one more term if he does win. Right. But if he's going to drain the swamp, by God, he's PO'd enough to do it right now. I don't now, buy it. I mean, no. If he I was, was going to do it, he'd have done it in the first yeah, place. Yeah, that's he the idea. Sure it. Right. Yeah, the, the whole idea that now he's serious. <laughs> and I mean, what, what hell anyway, are you talking about? You, you guys what hell did they put him through? Seems like he's had a pretty cushy life. He honestly. hasn't even gone to jail on, what is it, three indictments now with dozens of felony charges? I mean, they put me in jail and our co-host Nobody, for he was in for six months. I was in for almost three yep. on completely victimless uh, charges regarding Bitcoin. Trump's here with, like, fraud charges or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, you could just walk around. No he's, problem. He's not going to jail. No, of course not. 
Although SBF apparently has gone been sent back to jail. The guy from the FTX exchange, even though some charges got dropped, they're saying that he was manipulating. Man, they just keep dropping one charge after another. Yeah, after at first that, it was one, guy. now it's five. Yeah, well, you well, know, they I'll... like to protect their own. Politics isn't even why I called, Ricky, and you guys just got me distracted on that one. <laughs> you remember a long time ago, you probably don't, there was, um, after the after the Porcupine Fest, there was some notable complaints and pictures sent around or whatever about naked people running hitter to their and yon. And uh, I, you, you kind of smelled that there was going to be trouble in the air. And I called in and I said, well, I bet you if they'd all just had boobies, there wouldn't have been no problem at all. Oh, yeah, there would. Oh, yeah, there would. These conservatives, you cannot satisfy them. They are going to continue to complain, even though the naked people are going to be put in their own little segregated corner. If some lady's walking around with her top off, uh, or we have another Free Talk Live episode with topless women on it, the conservatives are going to have a cow about that because then they'll be they'll be yelling about, oh, you ban nudity and Free Talk Live is ignoring uh, that. And the, and the and uh, what kind of a person says if there's naked women there, I'm not ha- going. Have a cow? Is that an Wait utter pun? Minute, Ian, you, Ian, you just said that Constance or whatever one of the uh, head, head, head honchos there, you know, organizing the thing. Yeah. Said that they didn't have a problem with the top. That's what they're saying now. That's what they're saying right now. And then come 2024 and topless women show up at Porkfest, then the conservatives are going to throw a hissy fit about that. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at Free Talk Live dot com